Praise God. Good morning, everybody. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for braving the cold and the weather and the snow. Uh, We had an amazing service last night. We did Saturday night, first Saturday. We had an amazing 9 o'clock service, so this is the third service, and I'm so glad you're here. We've had an incredible weekend this morning. Uh, I don't know about you. I'm a notebook guy, and I always uh, do my notes uh, for church in in my notebook. Well, I have a brand-new, fresh notebook, 2017, man, and uh, my, yeah. Amen. That's good. I like notebooks. And uh, my other one was all torn up and ragged out. And uh, I keep every one of them. I have them all at home in a file. And uh, so I just love this time of year. Don't y'all? Okay. Do we want Aaron Rodgers to break his leg today or for uh, Eli Manning? I'm, I'm thinking both. Don't you? I'm not, I, I repent. My gosh. Who would want something bad to happen to a, to a, a, a Packer or, a, or a whatever they are, the Giants? Right? Amen. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Praise God. (laughs) I need prayer, don't I? Amen. All right, let me pray. Excuse me, and then we're going to get in the Word. Father, I love you. I'm thankful for your love, for your grace, for your mercy. Father, it is such a privilege and an honor to be standing on this platform. It's such a privilege to be the pastor of this church. It's such a privilege to be able to pastor such great people. Father, I'm so blessed. I'm so honored. I'm so humbled by what you're doing in our midst, what you're doing in my life personally, and I'm thankful for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about dreams. Not the kind of dreams you have when you've had too much spaghetti and you go to bed and the grizzly bear's chasing you or you're at school in your underwear and you forgot your homework. I don't mean those kind of dreams. I want to talk to you about your hopes and your dreams for 2017. I said this morning already in prayer that 2016's in the books. I hope 2016 was a good year for you. I know many of you had battles. Many of you faced things. But as we look forward into 2017, I want to encourage you in your dreams. Now, the first thing I want to say this morning is to those of you that are here and you think, yeah, that's great, Pastor. I've had dreams before. I've had hopes before. Things didn't work out. Uh, they were dashed on the rocks of life, and, and I've given that up, and, and it's hard for me. I want to encourage you. Okay, you're the first person I want to talk to this morning, and I want you to know this. God's heart for you is restoration. Okay, God is a restorer, and he's a redeemer. And God has hopes, God has plans, and God has dreams for you. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you've faced. God has hopes and God has dreams for you. And so I want to encourage you to have an open heart this morning and allow the Spirit of God to minister to you. I want to read you two scriptures this morning. I want to read out of the Old Testament book of Habakkuk. I'm going to read Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. And I want to show you something in these two verses this morning. All right, listen to what it says. It's on the screen. It says, the Lord answered me. The me in that sentence is a prophet. Okay, a prophet and God are talking. He says, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Now, the word vision there, I want it to mean dreams. I want it to mean hopes. I want it to mean plans. I want it to mean goals. As you look forward in 2017, what's your hope? What's your future? What's your dream? What's your vision? Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Now, we don't write on tablets anymore. We write on paper or you write uh, on your electronic device. And then he says that you may run with it who reads it now don't miss this i want you to see this it's very powerful and very simple he says that first off you need to have some hopes and you need to have some dreams and i believe if you don't have any god will give them to you and if you do have them i believe they're god inspired then he said take time to write them down 
Why? So you can look at it, you can see it, and you can run with it. You see, here's my question this morning. If you don't know where you're going, how do you know when you get there? Right? Yeah, if you don't know where you're going, how do you know? Right? Benjamin Franklin said, he that expects nothing will not be disappointed. Right? So if you expect nothing out of life, uh, usually that's what you're going to get. All right, now I want to read you a second verse. I'm going to read to you out of Proverbs. This is Proverbs 29, 18, and this is the King James Version. This is old school. Okay, I cut my teeth spiritually on the King James Bible because back in the day, that's about all there was. All right, look what this says. It says, where there's no vision. Now, what's a vision? That's your dreams, your hopes, your plans. Where there's no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law, happy is he. Notice the first sentence. It says that if you don't have a vision, if you don't have any dreams, if you don't have any hopes, that those people perish. Now, let me show you something real interesting. The word perish, if you'll study it, it does mean things don't go well, but what it really means is to run wild or to go in many different directions. Okay, take your family, take us as a church. If you don't have a dream, if you don't have hopes, if you're not all going somewhere together, then it says if you don't have that in your life, then everybody runs in a different direction. You know, imagine a team of horses. If you put four or six horses together, they're very strong and they can pull a lot of weight in one direction. But if you put them all in a circle and they're all pulling in a different direction, then what's in the middle doesn't go anywhere and it just gets destroyed. So perish means that we're not going in the same direction. You want to be going in God's direction, then as a family, you want to go in the same direction together. So it says that if you don't have any dreams, if you don't have a vision, that you're not going to get anywhere. God has a dream. God has a purpose for you. Now, let me show you some secular statistics that I found, and these are going to bless you, and they're going to dumbfound you. 80% of people don't have any dreams. 80% of people just get up and go through the motion and go through the routine and they start out on Monday and Wednesday's hump day and they hang on till Friday and they live for the weekend and they start again on Monday and they just go through the motions and they go through the routine. Basically, they're just surviving. I was dumbfounded by that. 80% of people don't have any dreams. Here's the next one. 16% of people do. Now, that's my next question for you this morning. Are you in the 80%? Or are you in the 16%? Now, if you'd say this morning, I, maybe I might be in the 80%. I've got great news. I'm going to pull you out of the 80, and I'm going to pull you into the 16. Only 16% of people have hopes. As you look at 2017, do you have some hopes? Do you have some dreams? Do you have some things that you'd like to see happen in your life? I'm going to help you with that this morning. Then the next statistic is only 4% of people that have dreams take time to write them down. 4%. Now, I got great news. Before we dismiss the service, I'm going to hand out a card to everybody, and you're going to get an opportunity to write down what you're thankful for, and then you're going to get an opportunity to write down some of your dreams. So I've already pulled you into the top 4%. So you're going to get a chance to do that, and you're going to get a card, and we're going to have some big guys at the door to make sure you write something down. You don't get out until you do. I'm not going to do that, all right? Well, you know, right? I'm going to give you a chance to move into the top 4%. Now, listen to this. Only 1% of people who write them down take time to review them. 80% of people have no dreams. 80%. 16% 
do have dreams, only 4% of those write them down and only 1% take time to look at them and to review them. Listen to this. When I read this, I was blown away. And if you're like me, I didn't believe it when I read it, but I want to pass it on to you. People who write down their dreams make nine times more money than those who don't in a lifetime. Now, not in a week or in a month, in a lifetime. And even if you don't agree with the number, let me just say this. If you'll take time to get some dreams, if you'll take time to write them down, if you'll take time to look at them, then you know you're going somewhere. More than likely, you'll know when you get there. And I can almost guarantee you, when you do get there, you will have made more money and you'll be more prosperous and your family will be blessed. Your kids will be doing well. And we don't worship money. That's not our heart. But you know it takes money to live. And if you've got some goals and you know where you're going, everybody in the process is more blessed amen so you don't want to be that person in 80 percent. listen to this you can talk yourself out of your dreams or you can talk yourself into your dreams <clears throat> i was having a conversation not very long ago with a young man and we were visiting about what books we'd been reading i'm asking him what books he'd been reading he asked me what books i'd been reading and this young man's a reader and i said hey would you email a list of books that you would recommend I always like to know what people are reading because I'm always looking for something to read. And instead of just randomly reading things, I like to know, hey, pastor, this book ministered to me. So he emailed me his list. And we were talking about a book that we had both read. And in this book, it talked about how a person's name is the most important thing to them. And I confessed to this young man. I said, I can really struggle sometimes with names remembering people's names i can remember what you had on the last time i saw you okay the next time i see jeremy i'll know he had that green shirt on okay and i know jeremy's name because i've known him a long time but i can remember the coloring of your clothes sometimes more than i can your name and i confessed that to this young man and here's what he told me he said you know one of the things that i found out and i said what's that he said i found out that if i would stop saying i can't remember somebody's name and i start saying i can remember their name i begin to remember their names better that goes right along with what I just said. You can talk yourself out of your dreams or you can talk yourself into your dreams. You see, nobody's holding you back but you. Now, there's a couple that I'm familiar with named John and Stacy Eldridge. They have a ministry called Ransomed Heart. And that ministry over the years has profoundly ministered to me and i would encourage you they have a website ransomedheart.com and they have reading material and books and they do conferences and i've really been ministered to by them and Stacy John's wife told a story, and I want to relate that story to you. She said one afternoon, she got out a couple of sheets of notebook paper, and she sat down, and she just made a list of her dreams, and she did two pages worth. Now, she didn't, she didn't critique herself. You know, she didn't say, well, that's too big or that's too small. She didn't, she didn't limit herself. She just sat down and began to write. Well, in a few minutes, she had written down two pages worth. Well, she folded that paper, <clears throat> and she put it in a drawer for safekeeping, uh, just like I would, and she forgot about it. Well, that paper stayed in that drawer for six years, and she was cleaning out that drawer. Do you ever, you ever looking for something in a drawer? Everything in my house in the drawers migrates to the back of the drawer. Did, does y'all do that? It's supernatural, don't you think? I can't decide if it's God or the devil, but it's supernatural, right? I mean, you know, I'm looking for a knife the other day, and it is all the way. It's like it's trying to escape over the back of the drawer and go somewhere, right? Okay, so she'd put this piece of paper in her drawer, and she forgot about it, and she found it. She found it six years later, and she got it out, and she began to read it, and every single thing she had written down had come to pass. Now, don't miss this. I'm not saying this is magic because it's not. 
I don't believe in New Year's resolutions, but there's something spiritual and powerful about you taking what's in your heart, which I believe is God-given, and you take time to put it on paper because I think when you do that, it releases faith and it connects God to your life. Again, I'm not saying it's magic, but it did change her life. Now, listen to me. Here in just a few moments, I'm going to invite the ushers to come and I'm going to hand you out a card. And if you've gone to church here very long, you know we do this every year. <clears throat> and I give you an opportunity to write down some things you're thankful for in 2016. And if 2016 has been a good year for you, it'll be easy. If it's been a hard year for you, I still want to encourage you. There's something in your life to be thankful for. Listen, one of the most powerful virtues there is is thankfulness, to have an attitude of gratitude. Listen, it will stir life in your soul to be grateful instead of being cynical. Then when you get done with that, you're going to be given an opportunity to write down what you would like to see God do in your life in 2017. Now, again, it's not a wish list. Okay, we're not making out a gift list to give to Santa Claus. That's not what we're doing. It's not New Year's resolutions. It's not a to-do list. But it's as you look forward the next 12 months, God, I need this in my life. God, would you do this in my life? That's what we're going to do. Now, my card from last year, everything I have written down came to pass except for two things. And those two things are being transferred to my 2017 card. And I'm still trusting God and believing God that those things are going to come to pass. Okay, but before we do that, I've got some questions that I believe are from the heart of God, and I want to ask you some questions. As I was praying over this message, God just began to stir in my heart some questions to give you a chance to think about as you move into 2017 what God wants to do in your life. Here's the first question. What do you need to change in 2017? What do you need to change in your life in 2017? Now, I've got several questions here, and all of these won't relate to you. I'm not saying that they do, but some of them are going to relate to you, and I believe the Holy Spirit is going to touch your heart, and one of these or two of these is going to jump on you, and I would encourage you if you're taking notes to jot it down and take it home and begin to think about it. And if you're that person that thinks, hey, I'm good on every one of these, then I'm a little worried about you. Right, because, you know, listen, I, I, my life's in a good place, and I'm blessed, and I feel like I'm going in the right direction, but I know there's places I can grow. I know there's places that I can improve. Can improve. Are you with me? See, I'm not there yet. One of the most dangerous things you do is to decide, hey, I'm already there. I'm okay, and I don't need any of this. So I, if I need it, you need it. Amen? All right, let me read you the question again, then go to the second one. What do you need to change? Here's the second one. Who do you need to forgive? Forgiveness is the queen of all virtues. What does that mean? That means it's powerful and important and life-changing. Who do you need to forgive? I'm going to give you an opportunity to be thankful. Now I'm giving you an opportunity to think about who you need to forgive. Now I'm not asking you to dredge up something. I'm not asking you to make up something. That's not, that's not God's heart. It's not my heart. If you know you need to forgive somebody, when I asked that question, their face instantly popped into your head. Now they may be living. They may be deceased. You can forgive a deceased person. You can forgive a living person, and you don't necessarily have to go to them and talk to them. But is there somebody this year you need to forgive? Here's the third question. Who do you need to ask them to forgive you? 
Uh, what, what do you mean? In other words, Lou, I've done this, and I want to ask you to forgive me. Is there somebody in your life you need to go to? You know you've done something. It may be a word. It may be a deed. But you know there's somebody in your life you need to go to, and you need to say, hey, I want to ask you. I was wrong. I want to ask you to forgive me. Listen, don't go to somebody and say, if I've hurt you. Okay, don't ever do that because, see, you're putting it back on them. Here's how you do it. I was wrong. I was out of line. Please forgive me. If there's somebody in your life you need to do that to, I want to encourage you to do it in 2017. All right, here's the next question. Who do you need to tell that you love? Now, maybe, maybe love is not the right word, but maybe it is the right word. I'm talking about people in your life that you care about. People you love, people you care about. It can be love, it can be care. Listen, if there's somebody or people in your life that if today were their last day on earth and you found out this afternoon and you would think to yourself, oh, I wish I had said or I wish I had done or I wish I'd made that phone call. Listen to me, do it. Do it. We're not promised tomorrow. Do it so you don't have any regrets in your life. Who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to ask forgiveness for? And who do you need to tell, hey, I love you and I care about you? Listen to me carefully. Everybody in your life is starving for love. They're starving for affection. And you know what we think? Oh, they know I love them. And I'm not saying they don't know it, but they need to hear it. Hey, I love you and I'm grateful for you. Thank you for being my wife, my husband, my child, my grandchild. Who do you need to talk to? that you need to tell, hey, I, I care about you and you matter to me. Here's the next question. What do you need to stop doing in 2017? What do you need to stop doing? Instantly, you know what it is, don't you? It came right up into your heart instantly. What do you need to stop doing? Listen, God will give you the grace to stop whatever it is you need to do. And if it's a big mountain and you think it's impossible, listen, God loves the impossible. What do you need to stop doing this year? Here's the next question. What do you need to start doing? Now, if I could pick out two questions out of this list, these would be my two favorite. What do you need to stop doing? And what do you need to start doing? What are those two things in your life in 2017? You know and I want to stop doing this, whatever it is in your life, or, hey, I want to start doing this in my life, then here's the last question. How are your relationships? Listen, your life is good or bad right now based on your relationships. It's good or bad right now. How are your relationships? How's your relationship with God? Now, I believe you're working on it because you're here, amen? I mean, you started out 2017 in church, and I'm grateful that you're here, and I'm grateful that you're, you were here to worship and to hear preaching and to give. I'm grateful for that. I know you're working on your relationship with God, but that's one of my questions. How's your relationship with God? Here's the next one. How's your relationship with your spouse? Is it good? Your wife, your husband? Maybe they're included in forgiveness. Maybe they're included, hey, I need to tell you that I love you. How's your relationship with your children? If you have grandchildren, how's that? How's your relationship with the people you work with? How's your relationship with the people you rub shoulders with every day? Is it good? Or is it something that you need to take care of? Then here's the last thing. How will your 2017 be any different than your 2016? You see, you know what the definition of insanity is. It's doing the same thing and expecting different results. 
That's, that's what insanity is. I'm not going to change anything in my life, Pastor. But man, at the end of the year, I'm going to hope for different results. Doesn't work that way. Now, let me give you a guarantee. A guarantee. If you have a good spiritual life in 2017, you will have a good year in 2017. If your spiritual walk with God is good in 2017, you will have a good 2017. All right. Now, in just a moment, I'm going to ask my ushers to get the cards. We're going to give you a card. I want you to get a pencil or a pen, something to write with. If you don't have something, we have a few in the sound booth. I know a neighbor maybe can give you one, and we're going to give you out a card. I'm going to give you a chance to write down what you're thankful for and what you're dreaming of, what you'd like to see God do in 2017. So my guys, go ahead and get those cards and hand them out. Everybody get one. Dig in your pocket or your purse and look for something to write with. Now, I don't want you to take it home and do it at home because you'll put it somewhere and won't find it. We're going to take just a few minutes this morning. I don't want you to overthink it, and I want you to just write down some things you're thankful for this last year and then some things you'd like to see God do in your life. Now, let me tell you a couple of things about the card. Put it somewhere where you won't lose it. Put it somewhere where you can pick it up and look at it. I keep mine at the visor of my pickup, and periodically I pull it down and I look at it, and I read it out loud to myself. And I read it sometimes as a prayer. Uh, I'll say, Father, I'm thankful for what you did this last year, and I'll read it out loud. And then I'll say, Father, thank you that you're moving in my life, and you're moving, and I'll read those things out loud. It's powerful to remind yourself of what you wrote down. So put it somewhere where periodically you can see it and uh, let it be an encouragement to you. Amen? Amen. Now, if you're not finished, you don't have to stand up. If you're writing, continue to do so. But if you are finished, I'd like for you to stand, and we'll pray. And uh, we'll let you go this morning. And if you're still writing, it's okay. You don't have to stand up. Okay, Father, I love you. I'm so thankful for a new year. I'm so thankful for what you're doing in our lives, that we can have hopes, we can have dreams, we can have visions. Father, strengthen and encourage every person in this service this morning that we are refreshed and renewed by being in your presence. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I love